Uh-oh. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. Thanks for tuning in to Midweek Jam with Rhonda and Julie. I am your host, Rhonda Holman, with my super special, awesome, and amazing co-host, Julie Varney. We are both dental assistants in the world that have been doing this a long time. We may not be experts, but we sure are old. And what we're doing is we're going online and we're finding that uh, some dental assistants are running into humps in their career field with their team, with their doctors. We're dissecting them. We're pulling out those pearls and we're helping you get over the hump of the week Wednesday. Well, hello, Julie. Happy hump day. Hello. Happy hump day, Miss Rhonda. How are you? I'm great. I'm loving life. Everything's going smooth. So I just I want to jump in because I saw that uh, through social media, you've been doing some pretty interesting stuff. So I thought maybe the listeners could kind of tune into what you were uh, learning this week. So this week I'm spending three, well, actually four fabulous days with OSAP and that about the OSAP Dental Infection Control Boot Camp for the safest dental visit. And there's tons of people here from all over, from branches of the service, from large DSO practices to the small private practice to educational facilities. Um, All learning about infection control. That is awesome. So, okay. So far, what are, let's say your three takeaways, things that maybe have changed or uh, that maybe most dental assistants may not be aware of? So a lot of things that they might not be aware of is that OSAP. So you can go to OSAP.org. Is that a membership for your office is only $150 a year. And it has all these amazing checklists and um, things you can implement into your practice all at your fingertips. So if you don't know, you have all this resource and it's something your doctor can invest in and you can become like the infection control coordinator. Um, so a couple of my takeaways today, we learned about hand washing and, and how to properly hand wash. Right. And that your soap should be the size of a Hershey Kiss. Um, that you should sing Happy Birthday twice. And that you should wet your hands first before you apply the soap. And the water shouldn't be warm. Right. So there's a couple of takeaways from hand washing that I learned. Um, they also told us about wearing your properly fitted PPE, like the right mask for your face. Uh, right gloves for the size, your, your gown or your coat should be the right size. So those are a couple of takeaways that I learned. Um, we also learned the importance of everybody having their immunizations and to protect from all the other diseases that are out there and how important it is to be in, immunized against TB, um, the hep shot and all that. Right. So I think what a lot of listeners just dental assistants in general don't realize what OSHA is for. And at the end of the day, OSHA is there to protect you, the dental assistant. It's not necessarily for the patient. It's for us. 
Right. And it, I mean, it is to protect the patient because there should be certain standards, but it, it's mainly to protect us. You know, the infection control part is, you know, to protect the patient, but the way we do things, I believe like the standards of our OSHA and the CDC are for us, for our, you know, to protect from needle sticks, to protect from blood splatter and spit. And how do we protect ourselves from those that might not necessarily tell us that they have these diseases, right? Right. Universal precaution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Know, especially with all the travel and the different um, environments that we live in now, because we have so many transients and all these areas, like you just never know. And it's, it's so much better, like just for your peace of mind to be safe instead of sorry. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we also learned today about the importance of that every incident that if you get hurt, um, that you should report that not necessarily report it, but report it to somebody to the CDC, but report it to somebody in your practice, (coughs) excuse me, and properly get it handled, you know, with a report and how you should take care of it. They have a program through OSAP, which we took last night, which was very interesting. And it's called team steps. And I'm trying to find my book. Oh, here it is. Um, and steps stands for, let me just find out what it stands for so I don't mess it up. Hold on. I'm looking for my book. Maybe they don't tell me in these. Hmm. Well, interesting. They wouldn't Maybe say your it. best guess. <laughs> <laughs> I know I took some notes last night. Where is that little book that I had? Um, but it was all about the emergency, what happens in emergencies in your practice and how do you hand handle them? So, oh, team steps is called team strategy, tools, enhancement, performance, and patient safety. Okay. So they go over your knowledge, your attitude, and your performance, your team structure, your communication, leadership, and your situation monitoring and your mutual support. And they had all these interesting things about just, um, they had one thing called an SBAR, which was your situation, the background assessment and recommendation. So the situation be what's going on with the patient. The background would be what is the clinical background and context. The assessment, what do I think the problem is? And the recommendation request, what should, what, what would I do to correct it? So it was this very interesting program to put into place so that you have effective communication and things get done correctly in your practice. It was very, very interesting. Wow. You know, that's like perfect for us too. I mean, look how great we are at CPR. Right. <laughs> you know, like, cause we have the protocols in place. There's no doubt. You know, we always dot our I's and cross our T's. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is, I love that. Yes, and I think everybody should attend an infection control boot camp, and it's only getting bigger. And it's three days of fun. They had some very hands-on interactive programs um, where we did some rotations like operatory reprocessing. So in the operatory reprocessing, I'll show you my some key points of that. I took lots of notes. Who's a note taker out there? Are you a note taker? <laughs> I'm a picture taker. 
every a time picture I go to a conference, like my phone is loaded with photos because I take pictures of pretty much every slide. <laughs> uh, every slide? That's too funny. Well, they, one thing nice about this conference is they email you the PowerPoints ahead of time. So every speaker's PowerPoints that you have. Oh, wow. So you don't have to take pictures and you really don't have to take notes. You can do more of like do some really good active listening. Um, but I'm more of a note taker. So let's see here. Um, the hand hygiene. That was just a course. Hmm. I know I took notes on it. Now I'm just going to find it. See, this is why I should have probably reread my Oh, question. So one of the questions they asked in the operatory reprocessing is when do you train your new office hire on how you reprocess your operatory? Ooh. Um, mm -hmm. And there's I three good answers. But I'm at, okay, can you give me the three? <laughs> sure, I'll give you three good answers. So the good answers <laughs> is one. One, when the first day on the job, the person gets hired, they should, how do you break down a room? How do you clean it up? What is your protocol for that? Then they said to, to go over it annually, like do a run through to make sure everybody's doing it correctly, right? And then they said when there's changes. So whether you change a protocol in your practice or if the CDC changes something. Um, what is the, what I'll quiz, quiz you. What is the most common unused when cleaning up an operatory or reprocessing it, as they called it, thing, <laughs> PPE, that's not worn? Um, glasses, safety glasses. Nope. Another oh. guess? Um, common. It's not used. Oh, utility gloves. Absolutely. Ding, Yay! ding. I have a window. <laughs> and they do make, and Hallard makes um, a form, and I think uh, Euphrady makes another form too, of disposable utility glass, um, glasses, utility gloves. <laughs> I don't think they're as thick as a normal, but they do serve the same as a chemical barrier. And they're, you know, they are good enough to use reprocessing the operatory. And then they did say eyewear and masks that some people don't wear their eyewear and their masks. So, you know, we have to be full PPD'd when we remove instruments and reprocess the operatory. Yes. Um, the next question was for occupational exposure, which section of the SDS is it? So exposure and the acronym for SDS was? safety data sheet. So if you were exposed, you had an occupational exposure and you, you had a chemical or some product that you used and you pulled their SDS, which section for helping through that exposure to find out how you treat it? Which section was it? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> section four. Section four. You want, section four. I didn't even know that. <laughs> I know there's 16 points of uh, 16 point format but I did not know exactly which section it was so that wow. was interesting because you can just say you know if you pull your SDS sheet that's really what you're looking for is the occupational and how you treat it so maybe when you pull your SDS sheet use highlight section yeah. four no, so that's that right sense. there in bold um, and then other thing I did not know is that all your barriers if when you use your barriers should be FDA approved 
that technically you cannot use a sandwich bag, a um, dry cleaner bag. You know, you can't use these type of types of things. They have the barriers have to be approved by the FDA. Well, or one yeah. lady did bring up a point that you can use a barrier that's approved and regulated by the Food and, Dr- um, Food and Drug Association. Okay. If it's like saran wrap, but it has to be FDA approved. So there was a little, you know, ish, I wasn't so clear on that, but I, I, what I walked away with is the barrier should be FDA approved. Yeah. And I kind of get that. Like, think about it. Like your body mm-hmm. temperature is what? 98.6 degrees. And if you're, you know, you've, you're a patient and you're laying on something like that and it heats up, <laughs> who knows what it's releasing? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is so interesting. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yeah. I mean, it's been very interesting tomorrow. What's on the agenda tomorrow? So tomorrow is PPE more respiratory hygiene and cough etiquette, um, operatory preparation, infection prevention and control in the laboratory, sterilization and disinfection of patient care items. Boot. Uh, so we're going to put some checklists into action. We're going to do some dental water unit lines and amalgam separators, uh, sharps and safety, parental injection practices, hazard communications, and then they do a review at the end. Um, but the speakers have been amazing, very informative. It's very, very educational. Um, there's not a lot of downtime to kind of mingle and socialize. I mean, at night there has been, but it's really, really focused towards the infection control in your practices. And so often, like yourself, we go into practices and we see things that should be fixed and it's, it's doing what's right. Don't you agree? Absolutely. You know, there's one thing to integrity, but part of integrity when it comes to stuff like this is knowing what you're doing to, you know, to the fine line, to the print, the little tiny print, like knowing exactly what it is. Okay. So Julie, real quick, I want to ask you, Mm -hmm. did they cover patient bib clips? No, not yet. What, so what do you want to know? Okay. So I'm going to find out the answer for you and we'll (laughs) circle back. I know. So a lot of us have so many different bib clips. Um, I'm a huge fan of the disposable ones, you know, they just sticky on each end. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The only problem with that is if it is a long appointment and the patient does have to get up or do anything like that, if you take that bib clip off, I mean, it's done. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if they use the restroom, you can, you know, the, the typical bib clips that kind of look like that marijuana joint thingy. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> that little- a roach clip? Yeah. <laughs> Why would I know that? But I did take a drug course, so I know. <laughs> but you were hilarious. But it does, I don't think they're easily cleaned. So I think we should find a different method to use that's a little bit safe, safer. I'll have to ask them about that tomorrow, okay. though. The bib clips, like, what is their thought process on bib clips? And what is, do they think is the safest way to not transmit garbage from one person to the next, you know, or yeah, disease or whatever? You'll have to update us next week because I'm really intrigued because, you know, I'm, you and I are both on social media and we have a lot of contact with several offices and dental assistants and what their supplies are and there's so mm-hmm. many different variants of those bib clips like some are giant they look like like chip bag holders <laughs> and then <laughs> you know and then you go down to the disposable paper ones so it's just a, yes. a large variety of options so it'd be nice to know which ones are the safest the safest the ones that can be easily cleaned and reused 
if you know if that um there was something else they do have some vendors here they have they're coming out with a new certification um a certification eventually but they're coming out with a new certificate program so you can be an infection control um, certificate holder um, for your office, like a coordinator, somebody that specializes in knowing all this stuff that needs to be known, right? Right. Um, but my main, you know, main takeaway is that for $150 a year, you can invest in having all these tools and resources at your fingertips. And yes, while you may not be able to get to the boot camp, um, but you should never not know because it's all right there. And yeah. it's all in black and white and you can print, you can download, you can build a manual, you can build a binder, whatever you need to do. Or if you don't know, and you're just starting out, you can find out all this stuff. So it's definitely an investment, a big investment. Well, that's great. You guys, seriously, if you're in podcast land, check it out. You know, like we said, you're not just a assistant and you can come to your doctor tomorrow and be like, okay, I need to do this for you, Mm -hmm. for us. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And, and just to say it's a hundred and it's an investment. It's $150. I'll take control of it. I'll take ownership of it. I'll implement what we need to do changes. I'll give a little lecture a couple times a year to our team and, and get them on board with the whole infection control stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. That is awesome. Not that we love germs, but you know, we can talk about them all day long. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, think about how many live in the mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So I okay. guess, all right. If we, if we had to cover a post from the dental assistance worldwide group, yes, go I ahead. would like it to be, uh, I'm not at my computer right now, but it was, it was a very sad post. So oh, no. there was a dental assistant who asked if uh, anyone cried at work. Oh yeah. And there were so many responses, Julie, like my heart, every time I read one just hit the floor. I don't know. I'll have to ask my roommate. So my roommate is a hygienist I'm rooming with. So have you cried at work? Yes. Yes. Oh. But what depends on what's it about. I well, mean, yeah, are they crying I mean, because the employer's terrible or they don't think they're um, welcomed or a part of the team? Why are they crying? There were so many different variations. Um, you know, some people cried because their doctors were aggressive or mean. Mm-hmm. Some of them said that they cried um, because they felt inadequate. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them said that they cried because they, you know, didn't have a cohesive team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like kind of like we talked about before, bullying. <laughs> right. And it's, and you know, it's just. It's so disheartening to see that because it is what we're pushing is career passion and loving what you do. And if you're crying at work, you're not loving it. That's not okay. Oh, and you know, I know that we're girls mostly and I get that, but you know, we're all emotional, but, um, I think there's a lot underneath there. Like, I think that we need as a dental society to address this stuff. Like we don't, you know, it's, it doesn't need to be emotionally driven. It well, doesn't... and it's it's also a form of um, uh, hostile work environment. You know, if you look up your labor laws, there are things that if you feel not so much threatened, but where it's giving you anxiety and stuff, that's not okay to have a workplace like that. Yeah. And, you know, I think 
I think you'll have to step back and decide what time is it to leave if you're doing it every day. I mean, every once in a while, everybody's going to have a bad day and cry themselves in the bathroom before they leave. But if it's happening on a consistent basis, that's, okay. that's not okay mentally or physically for you. No. Right? Yeah. And, you know, like we've said before, is like a lot of dental assistants live paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. And they put up with way too much that they shouldn't. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and there's got to be an outlet for them. There's got to be a way to just make it better so you don't have to be in that environment. Yeah. Yeah. And there's tons of support. <laughs> yeah. Know that, know your worth, know, you know, that you're the best version of yourself. And mm-hmm. if something's emotionally like that big of a struggle for you, like if there's other things in the world, like you said, you're not a tree, you can get up and move. <laughs> hmm. No one should cry because of their career. If there's something that's, that's, uh, you know, like you said, that's driven, that's, that's causing them to have, you know, this emotional distress. If it's environmental, as far as like your doctor or a teammate, you speak your part, you try to resolve the situation as much as possible, stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then if- and check your labor laws. Cause like I'm sorry, yeah. I, I know there's some labor laws about the uh, type of, hostile, you know, abusive, you know, not feeling safe at work type of claims that you can do. And that's not okay. And just bring it to your doctor's attention. I think that's where it has to start too, is you just putting your foot down. Yeah. It's hard to see. hard to, yeah. (laughs) Because what's he going to do? Fire you. And then you can go to the labor department and say, well, he was terrible to work for. This is what happened. And I'm going to report it. I mean, so it starts with us. Yes. Taking a stand, right? Yes. Taking a stand. Okay, Julie. Well, I won't All take right. any more of your hump. No, but I'll find so out. Can... I'll, I'll find out about the bib clips for you. What do you think about the big bib clips, Sarah? She thinks they ought to be sterilized. Okay. No, and we don't do it. We affect them, but it does have a good point. Like you said, they're bumpy. They're not smooth. There are some that are smooth, but they're still bumpy and there's cracks and crevices, right? Right. So, and like you said, the disposable ones are the best. Yeah. But, like you know, the little sticky tabs. When you're looking at overhead as a dental office, sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, that one probably gets put on, you know, a wish list. <laughs> well, and I think there are bibs that have what, two little sticky corners. Yeah. That you could, but does the patient really want that stuck to them? I have no idea. Hmm. Or are they going to know the difference that you didn't use a bib clip if you start changing your method of bibbing? Oh, here's a fun one, Julie. Mm-hmm. Ask Rhonda what she calls a dental bib. What do you call a dental bib, Rhonda? A dental necklace. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. And I tell my patients, I'm like, this one's super fancy necklace, too. It's got plastic on one side. So if you spit, it doesn't go through. <laughs> oh my god you're funny a dental <laughs> necklace it's very fancy yes yeah, so. it's a one-time use per person <laughs> all right julie well you all have right. a great night yes um, you too and i'll get back to you with my my day two of infection control Woo! all right enjoy it all right we'll talk to you later take care yes <laughs> happy hump day happy hump day mm. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Midweek Jam with Rhonda and Julie. 
where we're banding together to ensure that every dental assistant has a better tomorrow than they did today. Don't forget to find your tribe. Dental Assistance Worldwide Group has a safe place for dental assistants to share, connect, grow, and learn. Find Julie Varney on Dental Assistance Rock, the website, or Instagram. And as always, if you guys need to get a hold of DA Rockstars, we have the Facebook page. You can message through there. But I just truly appreciate you letting us help you get over the hump of the week Wednesday.